ready? Sure. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Things Podcast. I'm Bethany Werner. My friend Rachel Hines is not here today because she is homesick. So it's just me and an extra special guest visitor today who happens to also be the mother of my husband, Betsy Werner. The other Mrs. Werner. Yes. <laughs> the other Mrs. Werner. And we are here to talk about um, a subject that is not little and not fun, but something that is a universal experience that is grief. As we've been talking about the holidays and Christmas and there's fun and joy and excitement and everything is special and what I've learned in life is often that is accompanied by the sadness as well, especially when you've experienced loss. Um, and so I thought who better to talk to than my very wise and kind and faithful mother-in-law, Betsy Werner. Thank you, Bethany. <laughs> that was a bit much. But well, okay. I have to be yeah. very nice to her, too, because she gives me free child care. <laughs> yeah, that's worth a lot for both of us. It is, yeah. yeah. So, Betsy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I am married to David Werner, Michael's dad, and um, we had four children over the years, and, and um, David was a a Lutheran high school teacher for pretty much most of his career. And um, I was, I did some classroom teaching, but I, in for most of my career, well, actually about 40 years, I was a music teacher and, and for 25 years of that, I was also the director of music at our congregation. So that's kind of my background that way. Um, we had... Two kids, right up, not right away, but soon after marriage, uh, John and Ruth. They're about two, two years apart, and then eight years later, we had two more. They were Jessica and Michael, and they grew up. They went to the school where I taught them music, and then they went to the high school where David was their religion and sometimes math teacher and basketball and track coach, all that. So that was sort of our family life. The reason you, Bethany, asked me to be on this, because besides my wisdom and kindness and mm -hmm. everything else, is that um, a few decades ago, on the first day of 10th grade, our daughter Ruth died in a car crash on the way to school. And... Um, she pretty much died they, you know, right away that morning. John was already at school, so was uh, because he had uh, probably early morning jazz band or something like that. And um, Jess, Jessica was in the back seat of the car. David was the passenger. Ruth was driving with her permit, but she had already been driving for seven or eight months. So she knew what she was doing and anyway. But that's when it happened. Um, David was severely injured, 11 rib fractures, and 
Jessica was pretty banged up and had a concussion and stuff like that. But Ruth died within hours, um, or at least officially pronounced dead. She was, yeah, by God's grace, she was quickly taken to heaven and maybe did not feel that much pain. So um, our family got to experience much of what a lot of other families feel, whether it's a loss of a child or another family member, mm-hmm. um, and learning how to cope with that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that had happened several years before, before we even had kids, I probably, when we lived in Chicago, um, that, by the way, where we lived most of our career with the kids was in Minnesota. Um, but when we were in Chicago, I remember going to a three-week adult Bible class by the two people who were the founders and ran the, I hope I get the name right, the organization called Compassionate Friends, which was founded to deal with help people who had lost a child. And you just went to that? And we just went to that as, we were just congregation members, and it was offered, and and we heard a lot, learned a lot about um stages of grief, like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross stuff and, and other statistical things. Two of the things that really stuck in my head from that, which actually was a boon to me later on, one of the things was that in a, when a child dies, the divorce rate between husband and wife skyrockets. I don't know what the current statistics are mm-hmm. on that. But because each, the mother and the father, each have a different relationship with that child, Mm -hmm. and they'd have different personalities anyway, and as we all know, marriage is a blessing, but it can also be a challenge, and Mm -hmm. so that that could be a problem. Okay. And then the other thing is um, the the whole thing of how long grief lasts. Mm -hmm. And one of the little phrases I remember was that expect hard grief to last two to five years. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that hard grief time, you're still grieving. Mm-hmm. It's just not the hard, horrible stuff. So I just happened to have learned that, you know, many years before. And then probably 15 years later is when this happened to me. Mm-hmm. So... That was, that was good for me to have heard because one of the first things we did when we were dealing with, um, you know, I was the only healthy one in a way. Mm-hmm. Not, physically healthy. Physically healthy, yeah. not emotionally healthy, but um, I had to tent, do a lot of the tending mm-hmm. of the family because David was out of it mm-hmm. because of, uh, yeah, all of his injuries. Um, anyway... But we got marriage counseling right away. Mm-hmm. And um, that helped, I think. I don't know. I, it was, it's such a horrible thing. It's hard to say what was the level of help. But mm-hmm. maybe some, um, maybe it could have been worse. Right. Okay. So, yeah. What I have learned to what I heard in a, um, I was, reading about grief or Michael and I experienced grief in a different way, not in a loss um, of a loved one, but 
through years of infertility, just holding on to a um, kind of a grief of a loss of expectation or loss of identity. And two people, you do not grieve together. Everyone grieves alone. So when you have a married couple and they're both grieving, you, you have to do it yourself. You have to go through it yourself. And you can hopefully turn towards each other and help each other, but also it's not natural. Like you, mm-hmm. you have to work at it. When we went through, when we were going through stuff, we also went through marriage counseling and we tried to talk a lot to make sure we were leaning into each other and not away from each other because grief is such, you just want to turn in on yourself and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Roll up in that kind of fetal position and shut out the world. As a mom with little kids, because Michael was only five years old and Jessica was seven, I had to tend to them. Mm -hmm. John was a senior in high school and he, he dealt with it as um, just getting himself over involved in things. Mm -hmm. So every morning was going to jazz band or swing choir practice and staying after school for sports. Mm-hmm. And just keep moving, 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 and you don't have to think about it. And we're recording this in the time when every single person is sick, so Betsy might have to cough a little bit too. Brought cough drops. You know, we're all doing the best we can. But yeah, there is. that's a coping mechanism of I'm just going to keep going, 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 and then I won't let my brain think about it. That yeah, doesn't. that was John's reaction was kind of hard on Michael and oh, Jessica because yeah. he was absent. He just, you know, Ruth of course was gone. Dad was, well, I hate, I hate to say he was he was doped up on pain medications. Yeah. <laughs> so that's reality, and um, yeah, so it was that was where my I had to keep going even though I maybe was dealing it with it in maybe even unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but the blessing of all that is that somehow it's a miracle God brought us through it. Yeah. But yeah. I was thinking of that too, though, like when you were talking about the grief of infertility and um, this podcast is supposed to be grief in, you know, dealing with grief during the holidays mm-hmm. and other special things, not just Christmas but it's sometimes watching other people celebrate big deals. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for you, Mother's Day, I know, had been very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, we just did not. I didn't go to church on Mother's Day for <laughs> probably seven years. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd go to church every Sunday. That's not something yeah, that oh, is ever an option for us. But it was like, I just can't do that, and I couldn't do it. Yeah. Which broke my heart for my mother and you. Like, I'm sure we weren't, I don't know if I ever got you a Mother's Day card. That's okay. You know I'm not a gift She's not. Sorry. Yes, she doesn't really care. (laughs) But we, that was definitely a, I'm doing the best I can to do this day. Yeah. 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 And so I'm sure there's different days for everyone, whether it be a loved one's birthday or, or Christmas, really any of those big holidays. And, and, you know, we're thinking... Grief is definitely loss of a loved one, but sometimes it is a loss of an expectation. Like 
infertility or maybe singleness and you have such a desire to be married, but it hasn't happened yet. Or maybe you've gone through a divorce and it's those holidays, those big things that just put a spotlight on what's not there or what should or could be or, and I think we all have something that we carry around. And then, and as I was saying before about the intense, the super intense grief is the first few years. And, um, you know, when you said grief in the holidays, and I was thinking, what well, first, when it's fresh grief, it's like, okay, it's so it's her birthday, so it's Christmas. Every day is horrible. Yeah. That sounds, <laughs> okay. That's, but you're almost that's, numb yeah. in a way. But... Even after that, after like this, it's been many years, and she is not my constant thought anymore. But then there are times when, as as the years passed, when her good friends were getting married, and I had to play the organ at their weddings, yes. <laughs> or they were having babies, or mm-hmm. I have another friend whose husband had died, and then the their good friends would be celebrating landmark anniversaries. Mm-hmm. And even though the, the, this friend had acclimated herself to being alone, it's still yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> very hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those there's sort of waves that keep on coming. Mm-hmm. That is what kind of what I said. There's always those happy, happy, joy, wonderful things. There's always a twinge of sadness there can be, especially with grief, mm-hmm. like going through infertility every time my friend or sibling or someone had a baby announcement. And I, um, you know, I remember telling my friend, Lindsay, of like, just text me so I can respond appropriately uh-huh. <laughs> because I, obviously I'm happy and it's wonderful and I want this so much for you. And I'm sad. Like, it's just, I don't even like that about myself. I know that's not, that's not how I want to feel, but that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, just being sensitive of giving each other grace. Yeah. To have you whatever really, emotional response is going to come. Because you really don't know when somebody is being a real crab or difficult to work with or live with. You have to step back and go, okay, I don't know what is really going on in their life, in their mind. Mm -hmm. And again, give them grace. Uh, Look at them with pity and compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because you don't know. Yeah. I was just talking to my friend Shannon, who lost her dad. And this is the third Christmas without her dad. And she was like, in a way, you know, we knew the first Christmas was going to be terrible. And then the second Christmas, she had another relative that was sick. So it kind of, they could put their energy towards that, you know. She's like, and now this Christmas is so hard. But you don't expect Uh it, Uh Uh maybe, to be as hard as it's feeling. Yeah. And And those emotions come in waves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything's hunky-dory, and then something happens. Even, well... Since I was a church musician, I lived hymns mm-hmm. and liturgy and, and all that kind of stuff and taught it to kids.
did to kids and my choirs and all that kind of stuff and really didn't realize how many hymns, whether it's traditional hymnody or contemporary, how many of them deal with the, well, the the final, the goal of being in heaven mm-hmm. with Jesus and the joy, but singing those hymns, I still, I don't always cry, but mm-hmm. I often still do. And I know. I think of that because we, one of our songs that we sing a lot is I am Jesus little lamb. And that last verse is all about dying. And it's kind of having that realization of this is just a cute, you know, a cute little lullaby song that we sing before bed but really every day we sing about (laughs) we're gonna die and then jesus is gonna fold us to his breast safe within his arms to rest it's like that old children's bedtime Uh prayer now i lay me down to sleep if i should die before i wake Mm -hmm. (laughs) i pray thee lord my soul to take and just knowing that that is a surety Mm -hmm. and you know for me to live is jesus to die is gain Mm -hmm. That might be fine for me to say about myself, but it's, it's wholly, completely different when right? it's about somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's... So when you think, you can think of your life now and years and years ago, when there were some of those, what were some of the big events? Well, I guess you already said like those weddings and... And all of those, did you, was there something that did help you go through a big celebration or a holiday or something? A lot of it was friends who had also grieved in some way mm-hmm. through a, a death of a spouse or a death of a child. Because um, after, you know, we kind of had this, um, we talked about be, kind of being members of this club. We didn't want to be, but you mm-hmm. know, like a, a widow can understand other widows. Even though the relationships were different and the grief is different, but at least there's somebody who kind of gets it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the night, actually, uh, Ruth's best friend died three years later in a car crash on the way to school. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, February 13. It was Ash Wednesday, actually. And um, that night, I had choir practice um, Wednesday evening, and I got a phone call. Somebody took the phone call at church, and it was this girl's mom and asking if I could come over. Mm -hmm. And so I did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, you you get it. I'd Mm -hmm. rather have read a book about it, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I would even say, I know when we had, like, when I had my worst day ever, and it, you know, we had, we had had something and it was taken away from us and we were absolutely heartbroken. And I remember driving in my car thinking, this is my worst day and no one knows about it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then I, just instinctively wanted to surround myself with people who I knew survived things. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like this woman, I know she lost her sister and she's heartbroken about it. I, 
and she lived that like, and she's strong and she's survived it. I need to be around her. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be around people that are survivors, which because we can't do it by ourselves, like right. li- at right. all. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and I going not well. I guess not exactly onto that with that. Uh, through the years, you were saying what helped. Okay, being with other people. Um, uh, sometimes just the hugs <coughs> and the mm-hmm. "I'm so sorry"s, and you know, don't try to. It doesn't help. If someone you know someone who's grieving, and then you try to assuage their grief by some platitude that makes it worse, mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything happens for a reason, yeah, or, or God must have wanted this to happen, or yeah, was, she's yeah an angel now, yeah, <laughs> the worst, yeah. And so sometimes just being there, and um, and um, so many people would say, and this is, I get it. Because I might have said the same thing of, um, call me if you need any help. Right. Well, the person is is barely keeping their head above water. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to call you. I can't get out of bed. How am I supposed to call you? <laughs> yeah. 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 And so sometimes just taking the action and doing something, mm-hmm. whether it's writing a card or bringing over a plate of, I would say cookies, but (laughs) maybe something healthy. Oh, Betsy, she's all. (laughs) No, but, but, you know, don't don't wait for that injured person to Mm -hmm. reach out to you. Because they don't even know what they need, yeah. Yeah. And I think, like we both said, being around other people is so important, but you do not want to be around people. I mean... It's a lot easier to stay in your house mm-hmm. away and hide and avoid, but that's not necessarily what's going to help. Yeah, yeah. Getting out, getting, yeah. I had already found um, strength in God's word mm-hmm. and um, the strengthening um, that comes from the fellowship of other believers, so at church or Bible studies or choirs or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and being in community is very helpful. And, yeah, there are some people who don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my good, good friends might think, you know, if they avoid the subject, that's the best thing. Or or, or if, if I start tearing up, oh, oh, I'm so sorry I reminded you. It's like mm-hmm. you did not remind me. It's not like you forgot. <laughs> yeah. It's something uh, you're carrying yeah. all the time. Do you think it's helpful for people to, especially when um, you were around people that knew Ruth and loved Ruth, for them to bring her up and to celebrate her as well? And no. it's not like yeah. a bad yeah. oh, a yes, secret. Even back the, then, yeah. They f- person who is freshly grieving that is on their minds all the time mm-hmm. just every waking moment mm-hmm. it's always there so yeah so they can say something about it but yeah you yeah that you have to be sensitive to how the other person might be reacting mm-hmm. to that and it's okay if they cry if they feel if they start crying in front of you that means they trust you. Mm-hmm. It could. Yeah, probably. 
<laughs> and I've had other friends who were at a job or something like that. And, you know, how are you doing? And I can't talk right now. I have mm-hmm. to get this work done. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think working at a church um, and a lot of people knew mm-hmm. what we were going through or, um, and sometimes people just come up to my desk and I am like, okay, I love it and I appreciate that. And I cannot just spend, I can't be working in a healthy headspace one minute and then, you know, have to talk about the worst thing in the whole world Mm -hmm. and then go back to this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was a thing too. Also, um, working in a church, I'm a big church crier. And that's sometimes a hard thing, too. Oh, during a reg- yeah. regularly. Yeah. Yeah. I always have Kleenex in my mm-hmm. pocket. And I think that's okay. I think it's the best place to cry. It, yes, it is. And it's it's actually okay if other people see you doing that. Mm-hmm. Because then they might go, oh, this is okay for me to, to mm-hmm. bear my feelings, too. Instead of everything's wonderful, Jesus loves me, and mm-hmm. life is one, which is true. Jesus loves me, and the important things are really are taken care of. Yeah, through Jesus, life, death, and resurrection, uh, salvation is secured for me, for my kids, for all of that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and yeah, yeah. this stinks. Yeah, and this stinks at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, tell the story at Ruth's funeral and Mark Meshke. Oh, but I can't say that word, can I? I don't know. Oh. We'll bleep it out. (laughs) We're going to swear. It was really awful. Okay, so her funeral uh, was on a Sunday. Normally funerals aren't, but it was. David was still in this specialty hospital in downtown Minneapolis. Um, by God's grace and just the way things worked out, we had some friends who had a physically um, a, a young boy, or a, he was older by then, teenage-ish, um, who needed a wheelchair. And so they had a handicap-accessible um, van and somebody went to the local VFW and got a a wheelchair and these two people, Ann and Dan, went to the um, hospital and got David out early, early um, Sunday morning so that he could come. Well, it wasn't that early because they, um, so that he could get to the funeral. But the night before, as in many places, there's this visitation at the funeral home. She died on September 1, and so the night before, okay, end of August, even in Minnesota, the weather actually was quite pleasant. Um, It wasn't rainy, all that kind of stuff, or cold. And when a young person dies, whether it's a child, a a high schooler, or even a young adult um, who is active in the community, um, a lot of people come to the funeral. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had to set up extra chairs in Mm -hmm. the church and that kind of stuff. Um, But the funeral home was just packed, and I stood for hours and hours Mm -hmm. giving hugs to dozens of her 
high school friends because mm-hmm. Ruth cut a wide swath. She had she had lots of friends. She was on sports teams and music groups and youth groups and all that kind of stuff. And um, and so I had to be hugging, and they would be crying, and I would pat them, and it was kind of like, um, I guess I'm. I guess I'm supposed to comfort you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would do my, it kind of became this sort of, they were sobbing, I was hugging, and they gave a, and I would I would do a, like a token, it sounds, it sounds calloused right mm-hmm. now, a token sob or two, because, mm-hmm. okay, I it was there, but mm-hmm. I was trying to survive the evening. And um, my brother-in-law, Mark Meshke, so he's in heaven now, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't say about what. He was also a pastor. He had been many years a teacher at that local Lutheran high school in Mayer, Minnesota, and then was had been teaching in um, the St. Louis area and then became a pastor. So he, okay, and I just, this had been going on for hours, and Mark and and his wife, Dottie, were right behind me. David was still in the hospital, mm-hmm. and I was doing this. So there was a tiny break in a, the crowd, like a couple, you know, maybe 30 seconds or something. And I just turned around, and here's the word you might have to bleep out. Mm-hmm. I just said, I said to him, I just want to say shit. And, and But I know I shouldn't. He said, Betsy, you're not taking God's name in vain. Mm-hmm. And there are some situations in life that maybe deserve that kind of a word. So There's that, n- there was my bleep. Yep. <laughs> and so, I think that yeah. is so, uh, you know, you are this lovely, um, you know, professional church worker who... Yeah, sometimes that's the only word to use, <laughs> and the pastor affirming it, pastor brother-in-law affirming yeah. it. Yeah, um, because, but also like that is this side of heaven, is that pain and that, um, who would, I don't know, who would ever ask a, a grieving mother to do that? Which wonderful that you were able to and understand those poor sweet friends that lost Ruth. But also, what? <laughs> yeah, Ugh. it was it was it was um, yeah, yeah that whole evening. I still remember it many years later. Yeah. but it was it was good for me just to see the love in the community, mm-hmm. not just among her friends, but um, our friends, the friends of friends, because we were very much involved in the community, mm-hmm. and. Um, Different churches involved, not just our own, but through the since the high school was part of this greater Minnesota South District thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. That was really good to see. Mm-hmm. Not everybody gets that 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 I kind mean, of support. Yeah, yeah. And we were really blessed that way. Mm-hmm. I think it's also yeah just important to know to remember that grieving is not going to be, you know. Um, graceful or beautiful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or I know like I'm a I grew up in the church and my dad's a pastor and I was a theology major at Concordia and 
on paper, I know a lot of the right answers. And when we were going through infertility and knee deep in it, and I was just felt like I was drowning, I know God loves me. And I did not feel like God loves me. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, God isn't withholding something for me from me, or he's not ignoring my prayers, or he's not vengeful, or but that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I did want to play this game of, well, if I just learn this lesson, or if I just pray hard enough, or, you know, what am I doing wrong? And... That's not true. Yeah. Though there is a little bit, as I've, you know, really studied Bible history, studied the Old Testament, and all the all the ways that God sometimes used in the Bible to teach a lesson. Not that you want to go, okay, what's God teaching me? But looking back many years later, there were some good things that happened. Mm-hmm. Whether it brought our family closer together, maybe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or maybe if other kids had a wake-up call, Mm -hmm. maybe. I don't know. Well, and if we think of, okay, um, God works for the good of all those that love him according to his will. And what is God's will is for us to be in heaven. Mm -hmm. And that we have to trust ultimately that what is happening Mm -hmm. is for a heavenly reason. Mm -hmm. Um, even if it stinks yeah. on earth yeah. and we may never understand it. Yeah. Um, Ruth died on a Thursday morning. The previous Sunday we had had communion and we had been up at the communion rail together. And there's sort of a little corner um, at that church where kind of a, you fold around. I mean, the people kind of are in a folded around line. And so... I'm there, and, and then a couple down from me was Ruth, and then, yeah, okay, so she took Jesus' body and blood, again, the assurance of salvation, and um, and now, whenever we do a full communion liturgy, you sing, you say, the pastor starts, and then we sing after that, of therefore with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Mm-hmm. That was a tearjerker right yes. there. Yeah, but knowing that, okay, I'm singing holy, holy, holy down here, and Ruth is praising God too. I know that. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather, I, I, yeah, I'd rather she were here, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But, yeah, and then to think, like our life is just such a, a small little blimp mm-hmm. in eternity mm-hmm. where we will be praising God forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. One one thing I had thought of earlier cuz you asked me when you asked me to do this and I was thinking, what? Okay. I don't have any sage words of wisdom. That's but, not true. Okay. <laughs> but I do remember we got a lot of sympathy cards and I was just going to say this uh, that the handwritten notes meant so much. I mean, it was lovely, a lovely thing to get a uh store-bought sympathy card. And, but if it was just signed by mm-hmm. Jim and Jane Smith, whatever, that was wonderful. That was kind. But if they had bothered to write something out, 
and especially if they had written out some Bible verses because Mm -hmm. really for at least a month or two months, the only, my only prayer, most of my prayer time was sobbing. Yeah. And I, I, I would start praying and I would just bawl, mm-hmm. you know. But reading those cards, that, those handwritten messages. So I just, that's a, a little tiny thing that people maybe don't realize how important that is. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe in other situations too. I haven't, I haven't struggled mm-hmm. with the same thing that other people have. Mm-hmm. So I know one part, I was in a Bible study with, um, this group of women for years as I was going through the infertility and um, this other woman in the study, she had had a long unanswered prayer request and I had had this and we both had been just feeling like I can't do this. I can't pray anymore mm-hmm. about this. I can't do it. And we both committed to, I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. I'm only mm-hmm. going to be praying for your prayer request. And she committed to praying for mine And I found, you know, so much joy and comfort in praying for her, Um, you know, when I was feeling my grief of praying for her was a lot easier than praying for me, but then knowing that God was working through both those. Yeah, because that's a a good idea. Just, it gets, it forces you or it encourages you to get your mind off of yourself, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm... I'm a very self-centered person anyway. That's what humans are. You know, mm-hmm. we like to pay attention to me <laughs> and what's in this for me or my hurts and my feelings. And um, But if you have a, some kind of a discipline like that or an agreement that makes you get your mind off yourself and your, and your grief, even momentarily, mm-hmm. just to go, okay, I'm not the only one or other people are also hurting or... Mm-hmm. It could, yeah, and I'm not alone in this. Yeah, Other yeah, people are yeah, praying for yeah. me as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are, you know, what are the things we've kind of already touched on this, but not to do if you have a loved one that is grieving, and I don't know what I'm supposed to say or what I'm supposed to do. We've touched a little bit about this, but what are some ideas? Besides the things not to say, which are things like, yeah, God mm-hmm. must have had a plan. Or, uh, or God must have known she was going to get in trouble. <sighs> and so he took her before. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> or other people. This didn't happen to me. Um, but I have heard of people who will... Um, they are still just a you know a year or two out, and someone else in their workplace or an another, another acquaintance of, are you still grieving? You know you ought to, you need to get o- it's time for you to get over get this. Get over it. Yeah, or maybe you need some extra <clears throat> whatever therapy or something. It's been two years. Oh my uh, goodness! No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so just kind of being careful about that. Of, mm-hmm. of, and when people say stuff like that, you somehow have to let it roll off your back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what not to say. And then the other thing is to continue involving people um, 
Yeah, and I don't know everybody in town, obviously. I don't know everybody in in my church and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just trying to be aware of um, who it might be and just do that. It doesn't have to be a great big, you know, bear hug. It can mm-hmm. just be a, a, a hand on a shul- shoulder mm-hmm. and and just say, mm-hmm. <laughs> or even say, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And try to do it in a way they might think you mean it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that has bugged me, especially since then, is why, uh, the um, kind of the standard greeting of, uh, hi, how are you? Oh, you fine. Know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and even, even passing somebody on a sidewalk, and you don't know who they are, and they say, hi, how are you? And they keep walking, and it's like, Why'd you ask me that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they really don't. So don't say that unless you are ready to listen. Yeah. And I, you know, after a while, I, um, I kind of learned who I could tell them, who I could tell how I really was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I just said, I'm o-. if I said I'm okay, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. That probably meant I was really hurting and in trouble. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my good friends, if, if so if in public, if they would say, how are you doing? And I said, I'm okay. They'd go, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Because that had to be my go-to. Yep. But a lot of people really, yeah, they, it, I think people are scared mm-hmm. listening to the grieving of, you know, whether it's me talking about, you know, loss of a child, you talking about, mm-hmm. I, I want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And if other people are... It's uncomfortable. It's uh, very uncomfortable. And at least be there and say, I don't know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I have, really don't know, but mm-hmm. I'm it's so sorry. Or yeah, something. Yeah. Or this stinks. Yeah. There's, when I, um, I, t- I think it's a good point to make that when you, you don't have to feel like you have to be honest with every person mm-hmm. of how are you doing? You can say, I'm good. Because right. I do I not want to. I just yeah. say, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. And that's fine. But then having those trusted, mm-hmm. I know my friend Catherine here at Messiah, I don't, I mean, I have a lot of wonderful people, but for some reason, I have sobbed on her shoulder twice. I've sobbed on your shoulder. I know at least once where you, I can't do that with everybody. Yeah. And most people don't want me to do that, (laughs) which is fair. Yeah. But I know some people I can and they're going to love me anyways. Mm -hmm. And what a blessing to have those people. Mm -hmm. And, you know. And sometimes also many months later, somebody would actually apologize to me for not reaching out because what had happened to us really rustled up some fears that they had and maybe maybe a memory of a of a loss or what's going to happen to my kids mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing yeah so they just they didn't know how to deal with that mm-hmm. because of their own natural anxieties or right. built up anxieties and it could be with a whole lot of things of mm-hmm. whether it's a 
loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of mm-hmm. a marriage, or just some kind of a an loss, expectation. An yeah. 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 So. so as we are moving into the holidays, just to remember to give ourselves grace for whatever we might be feeling or thinking and knowing in all the joy and the happiness, there is still that little bit of heartbreak that comes along, which we also see in the Christmas story where you have Mary and Joseph have this little baby Jesus who is God and perfect and he is going to die. Yeah. And he is going to take the sin of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Told that right away. Yeah. And that's what Christmas is all about. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who Again, had loved, why well, use past tense, loved Christmas, and she was one of the people who, okay, overboard with decorations and holly jolly stuff. And um, then her son died, and she said, I still love Christmas, and because it really, it really is all the, about the hope mm-hmm. that God loved us so much that he sent this, this little baby mm-hmm. and who grew up to be our Savior. And just listening her, to her talk, it, it, and it's still hard. Mm-hmm. It's still hard. She still cries at church and sometimes feels uncomfortable going mm-hmm. at all. But um, yeah, that that's yeah, just just knowing that that's that was that was part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. That was part of God's plan. Yeah, not and just this... to save Je- send Jesus, but also to. Save me mm-hmm. to save you to save Ruth and and we don't understand all of it, but no, yeah. but none of it surprises God. None of it is yeah. off His radar of oh, whoops, this was you know, mm-hmm. He is present through all of it and in all of it, and so it's also um, just time to give ourselves grace and to give each other grace yeah and be sensitive to how other people might be feeling Mm -hmm. whether there's been a public loss Mm -hmm. it might not even be a recent loss yeah just be just be sensitive or people who they don't have someone to celebrate holidays Mm -hmm. with be open Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i love that well, thank you so much for coming, Betsy, and sharing with us. I appreciate it, and it's just, yeah, it's a real life. It's real life stuff. Uh-huh. So, thank you. You're welcome, and I was, I was glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this has been a Messiah Lutheran ministry production. Subscribe to Messiah Lutheran on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find our worship services and our Sermon Extra podcast by searching Messiah Lincoln on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our content. If you'd like to know more about Messiah Ministries, visit messiah.us. We'd love to hear from you as well, so please email us at littlethingsatmessiah.us. At